Awesome. Well, we are back with the Ragged Coast campaign here um, around Woodwall. And last time um, we had fought some leg water spiders. There was some interesting escapes. We'll have the full official recap in a bit, but we're going to actually start off with um, leveling up and rolling hit points. So we will go in that direction. Um, and do folks, just so that everybody realizes who's playing, maybe we can go through and we'll do player name, character name, class, and then you can actually tell me what you're leveling up in and roll hit points. And we'll start off, um, Kevin, you can go ahead and go first thing. So, hi, my name is Kevin. I'll be playing uh, Theraval, um, Fantastical. Uh, Theraval is a rogue arcane trickster who's now turning level four. I'm sorry, chaotic. I have chaotic neutral Ladrin, um, but that chaotic neutral, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see where that today's session goes. It's <laughs> um, very foreboding. Anything else um, besides uh, leveling up? Uh, no, let's roll hit points and then we will get into things okay i'll be rolling in the um oh my uh oh no i rolled a one. <laughs> oh, oh, that is not good should have warmed up that roll 20 um app and uh uh instead of an uh, i'm now fourth level so i think i get an uh, ability score increase um yes. is it possible that we can substitute feats instead um, um yeah absolutely so I, I would like to just to choose the lucky feat, if that's okay. all right. So sweet. Okay. So no, no ability score increase, but adding the lucky feat. And you know what? Let's start off um, in terms of the lucky feat. Take that D eight and roll it again. Uh -oh. <laughs> well, it can't be worse. That's yeah. Cool. It's a uh, five. All right. Yeah. And any constitution modifiers? Oh, you know it's zero. Okay. It's squishy rogue. Yeah, 20, <laughs> uh, up to 28. Yeah, and at some point we've got to talk about elves and avians because in this world, um, I often call elves avians and they tend to be a little bit more, have more feathers and be a little bit more bird-like and dwarfs are often called earthborn and there's a weird backstory both with, um, how they have babies and their gender fluidity. But we've never, because we jumped in and we started playing like straight away, we never talked about elves being avians and being a little bit more bird-like. So that's something for um, both Andy and Kevin to think about. Um, awesome, okay, so fourth level rogue for Theraval. Um, Janae, you're up next. All right, hi, I'm Janae. I'm playing Claren Steel Cloven. She's a multi-class druid fighter. So right now I'm a fighter level one, a druid level two. Um, and after much thinking about, you know, which class to level up, I think I'm going to level up my fighter side, given the experiences that I obtained, um, almost getting eaten by a spider and all. Um, 
So I think for the sake of the storyline, I'm going to go up to fighter level two, druid level two. But here's my question about that leveling up, which is, it seems like I get a action surge feature by leveling up, which gives me an additional action after a short rest, which seems pretty sweet. Do I also get a feat? That was not clear to me if it, as a fighter leveling up, I get both action surge and a feat, or if it's just action surge and a, uh, yeah, just action surge, action surge. Oh, my lighting is flickering on and off here. Yeah, so as a second level fighter, your, your feature is the action surge. So you can use that once. And then what's the second thing that you're asking about? Do I also get a feat? Or is that, is that the thing I get by leveling up as a fighter? Um, yeah, that is the thing that you get. I don't think there's any other... There's not another feat that comes automatically at second level. Yeah. Okay. I think I think generally what the rule is with feats is that once you go four levels in any particular character, then you have the option of either a two-point ability score increase or a feat. So that means that you'd have a feat waiting for you either at fourth level fighter when you get there or fourth level druid when you get there got it but just because i comport with your you know yeah i didn't know because i'd gone through four levels with the party i get these things because i'm two plus two now yeah no 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 yeah yeah it's a because the way multi-classing works in fifth edition the either the ability score improvement or the feat, which lets you, you know, do something extra special, but it's also sort of more customized to your character occurs, like Andy said, um, fourth level, eighth level. So it's, you know, every four levels, but when you're multi-classing, if you end up being fourth fighter and then fourth druid, like you may get two feet in really quick succession. Okay. Also, remember that fighters after fourth level get feats a lot more often. Every two levels after that. Or ability score. Um, is that right? Yeah. Ish. Ish. Four, six, eight. Yeah, it does seem. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because fighters are, yeah. Um, let's roll hit points. Okay, thank you big for- roll, Big roll, big roll. Okay. It's a D8, yes? Oh, it's no, it's not. Not as a fighter. D10. Oh, D10. D10. Ah. Get the big one. Get none big of that, dice. Big dice. None of that weak druid stuff. <laughs> there we go. One benefit leveling up. Oh, no. It's only a two. Well, better than a one. All right. So I'm up to 24 hit points. Okay. That's it. Um, any constitution modifiers? Oh, I think I do. Uh, yes, I have a plus three constitution. So. Okay, so that's five. So 27? Yes. All right. Not bad. And I guess no lucky feet or anything. All right, yeah, let's leave it with 27. Um, and, and Janae, remind me, because I think there was a time before where Claren didn't roll particularly well on hit points. Is that right? Do you remember? Um, 
Uh, I don't, I, Kevin's nodding, so I'm going to trust. Okay, so let's do this. Um, keep in your head that if you roll poorly next time, like uh, one, two, or three, well, one or a two for sure, uh, we'll roll hit points over again or let Claren risk rolling them over. Um, okay, let's go on to Fence. Hi, my name is Andy and I play Fence, the half-elf monk. I'm now fourth level. I chose to raise my dexterity by two. And so now it's maxed out at 20, which I'm excited about uh, because monks depend upon dexterity for uh, attacks and uh, armor class. And I'm now gonna roll a D8 to see what my new hit die is. And I got a five. Five plus uh, two for my 15 constitution score is a seven. So that brings my hit points from 27 up to 34. Very nice. All right, DJ, you're up. All right, I am uh, DJ and I'm playing Crenshaw Jones. Crenshaw is a sorcerer, uh, will be a sorcerer level four. And I forgot the the bloodline, the astral thing. Oh, but he's yeah, but he's a gumshoe detective. The boy detects. That's that's yeah. the main thing. That's far more important than what what bloodline gave him sorcery. Yeah, he is. Uh, Crenshaw is a uh, private investigator a teen private investigator learning to be a grown-up private investigator. And he is going to roll for hit points. Let me roll that D6. Crenshaw gets six hit points. Good for you, Crenshaw. Any, and no constitution modifiers, if I uh, recall? Crenshaw has a plus two constitution Ooh, modifier. Okay. I do not recall correctly. Very so nice. he is at 28 hit points. All right, Nate, you're up. All right, I'm Nate Williams, and I am uh, playing a dragonborn bard named Mikola Shanantar, who goes by Mick and uh, is uh, hitting fourth level here and adding one point to his wisdom, making that 14, and one point to his charisma, making that 15. And then I'm going to roll the uh, 1d8 for my hit dice. And that is a two. And I do have a constitution of plus one. So three, so 22 then for current, 22 for max, going up to four. And the two spellcasters. Um, how many spell slots do you have now? Will you tell me really quick for the sheet? Or I can go back and look. Let at me, that. I, you, you go first, Nate. I think I have, uh, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight.
I believe that's correct. With this one, do I get a ninth one? Oh, I'm, I'm counting cantrips. That's the problem. I've got two cantrips and uh, seven spells. That's correct. Yeah, a four, four and... Oh, and, and I according to this thing, I got an extra cantrip. I didn't realize that, but three cantrips, seven spells. Awesome. Okay, so there's an extra cantrip I need to pick. Crenshaw also has four first level and three second level spell slots. Mm -hmm. And as a note, Crenshaw instead of an ability score increase, because I'm very happy with his charisma, has taken Metamagic Adept, which means that he gets more sorcery points and two additional sorcery metamagics. Cool. Very nice. And I just want to confirm something, though. I want to make sure I completely understand too. So I'm a fourth. If I'm a fourth level person, that doesn't mean that I get fourth level spells. Is that correct? It's. It's. I've got a certain number of first, a certain number of second. Yeah. Correct? And okay. so you look. Yeah, you look on that table, and right. you have yeah four first, three second, and however many cantrips that you have memorized. Okay. And then the big one when you get to fifth level there's still that magic thrill of getting a third level spell slot. And mm -hmm. For those of us who used to play um, AD&D back in the day, when the, when the magic user got fireball at fifth level, it was the moment. Um, so there is still that excitement with not only getting to fourth, but then getting to fifth level. All right, well, should we go back to our notes and recall in a little more detail the um, fun-filled encounter with the leg water spiders from last time? Um, and maybe we'll have Andy do our, our recap reading for us so that we're all in the mood and then we can roll over to um, roll 20 and figure out exactly how your journey back to Woodwall goes. Excellent. I hope that uh, audio comes through. Am I being right now? No, no, it just, all right, hold on one second. You were rolling there perfectly. And then of course we went to do the intro and we started getting the, you know, the lag, lag is- All right. And uh, how about now? Is that better? All right, I'm going to start reading while I've got it then. The recap from June 16th. Fence the monk slays the legwater spider he is battling and moves towards the burrow entrance. Claren is barely conscious inside the webbing. She's aware that the spider has left the burrow. Crenshaw is observing fence from across the small stream that pours into Legwater Lake. The spider has snuck into the trees and webs Fence's right arm and right leg. Fence battles, but is at disadvantage. Crenshaw casts magically orbs of darkness at the beast and hits. Claren struggles to free herself, knocking against the wall and rolling to the center of the burrow floor. 
Meanwhile, back at Tempani Meadowlark's never realized roadside market, Theraval and Mick wake up. They discover that many of their weapons, including Mick's longsword, have been stolen by Umber. In addition, Mick's loot has also been taken by the surveyor who has left them with evening approaching on the roadside where the cave beast is known to prowl. Meanwhile, back at the Legwater Spider's Burrow, Fence strikes the beast with a flurry of blows and Crenshaw's magic orbs continue to rain down destruction. The spider turns to flee, but it is too late. As she crawls out of the lair, Clarence sees a small skeleton and glowing orbs on the far side of the burrow. When she climbs out, she tells Fence what she has seen and he goes into the burrow. Crenshaw provides cover from across the small stream. Inside, Fence finds seven gems worth about 400 gold pieces each. He also hears a voice that asks him to destroy the spider's eggs, which are around the gems. As he does so, the voice reports that this trouble, the curse of these spiders, is Talonel's doing, and that he and his apprentices, quote, more than paid for their mistakes. The voice fades away as the spider's eggs are destroyed. Fence, Claren, and Crenshaw hear Mick and Theraval screaming out their names. The group reunites and decides to head through what is now the gloom of the evening to Woodwall, they, or perhaps just Crenshaw, will confront Umber. Mick wants his stuff back. Theraval wants revenge and his stuff back. Crenshaw wants information to help solve the mystery of the cave beast and to see if Umber is actually behind the monster's attacks. All right, so that was last time we were on a dark, well, an increasingly dark road heading south towards Woodwall. Um, anything you would like me to know before I start rolling um, for random encounters for your three-ish, four-ish, five-hour-ish um, journey towards Woodwall? I have my large wood elven ears peeled and I have my uh, longbow in my hand with an arrow knocked. Excellent. And are you, um, when you journey here, um, Fence was like not on the path with the group, was sort of shadowing the group in the woods. Are you doing that or has evening changed your mind in terms of whether the group should stay together or Fence should provide cover from within the woods? I'd like to check with the, the group. Uh, before, I had no problem keeping up with the, the ponies and goats and such because of my um, monkish and wood elvenish uh, speed. Um, uh, what does the rest of the party think? I think it's a good idea to keep like a scout like ahead of some kind. So uh, or right. like person behind. So that's me personally. Um, 
Sounds good. I think what I'll do then, um, because my natural walking gait is uh, so fast, my walking speed now as a fourth level monk is 45 uh, feet. Um, and I think that the walking gait for the rest of the party is probably closer to 30. And so what I'm going to do is while walking uh, at a pace along with the party, I'm going to be uh, stepping um, carefully and slowly, relatively speaking, so that I can be especially uh, attuned to noises in the forest and uh, using my, my ears and my uh, wood elfin senses to uh, especially be paying attention to what's ahead of us uh, on the road and in the woods around me as I walk in parallel with the party. We are in evening at this point, right? It's dark out. Yes, so the sun has set 30 minutes, 45 minutes ago. Um, and yeah, it's that dusk heading into the real darkness of night. Got it, and we've rested. We did a, we did a short rest. You did a short rest. And I believe Claren is in horse form. At this point, uh, did I change into horse form? Oh yeah, I suppose I did because I was going to have someone ride on me to get back Ooh. to town more quickly. Oh, I hop on right away if that horse is, you know, that seat is available. And then I'll, I'll wait Fitz to come, like, come on, come on. Although Fitz can fly, so. But maybe Fitz just wants the ride. It's kind of a novelty. Oh yeah, let's let's disguise Fitz up. So I, I'd like to use the disguise kit on um, Fitz and myself to make us look similar to the halfling groups that we saw from last time. So uh, I think we saw a couple of, a group of like three or so like refugees from the town nearby. Um, just thinking about that kind of impression about like, I don't know, adding some freckles, changing the hair color. Okay. Yeah, and um, in fact, will you give me a ability check? I'm not sure if there's a particular ability that you would like to use for disguise in fifth edition. Um, you could make an argument for just about anything. I'm just trying to think of how successful um, Theraval and Fit Fitz as the the halfling child refugee and Theraval is a refugee. I want to get a get a range of how is um is deception. I, I think deception's in order. All right. <laughs> Doesn't sound any more deceptive than, than uh, a disguise kit, which I'm proficient in. Okay, excellent. So. Yeah. So go ahead and give me a check with that. That's a twenty-two. Awesome. Okay. Very useful to know. Um, so we are heading along the road and I'm going to give a couple of rolls here. If you're looking on roll 20, you have sort of the large area map. You know this route because you made it the way down here from Mirport to Woodwall. And in fact, you just made the journey back up. Uh, during the day um, to get to the attempted um, wayside stand that Miss Meadowlark was, was setting up. Um, so the first hour goes by uneventfully. Second one as well. You're getting closer to 
Woodwall. Um, after three hours, you sort of, the city doesn't have a lot of lights, but there's, you know, some fires, it's small, only a thousand, even a thousand one hundred with the refugees. You're about an hour outside of it. And, you know, you're hearing the faint noises from Woodwall coming through. There aren't too terribly many. And you are now approaching the gates of Woodwall. There have not been any Oops, hold on, moving you all rather than myself. Um, there have not been any beasties or anything that have come upon you. So you all cross the last bridge. And then if you want, you can make your way straight towards the gates. Um, I think there was conversation last time of maybe not approaching the gates directly and trying to climb over to get towards Umber's house and office, which is right there on the, the purple area. So tell me what you wanna do. Do you wanna approach the gates where you had met the guard Bondi and come into Woodwall that way? It's probably, it's probably midnight when you're arriving. And remind me, do we have uh, someone with the capability of finding the material that we lost? Um, is there a location spell of some kind or that kind of thing? Um, discuss that. Or we don't have that, I don't think. But um, I, I think that we had talked about going in separately. Mm -hmm at least spacing out when we were going in so that it wasn't, um, particularly that it wasn't clear that Mick and Thoraval had come back because they're the only ones who Umber would absolutely know shouldn't be back. Uh, and even at this hour, I think it makes a lot of sense for Crenshaw to go straight to Umber's house. Um, because if Crenshaw survived, then he would want his stuff back. And, and would assume that Umber had done nothing wrong. Exactly. Would not yeah, so he can go up there completely. Um, the other option we've got, I know I've got invisibility. I'm happy to turn one of our party invisible to accompany you, Crenshaw, if we need backup for an hour. Right? I think that should be you. Should be me? Yeah, because you are a dragon person. I would be glad to do that. Am, am I allowed to use my invisibility spell on myself? Absolutely, yeah. Then, then, then let's do it. No, it does, yeah. And when you attack, other things can can break the spell. But right. yes, you are invisible, and I believe it's an hour, up to an hour? A duration up to an hour. Yeah. Um, yeah, and okay. part of the disguise here is Crenshaw, Mick, and Theraval had all um, dressed up in, actually, the robes you had gotten from Sabin's Tower, the bejeweled robes, and appeared like rich... Um, merchants so that was umber's attempt to well who knows what he was doing but um 
he thought you were rich merchants who wanted to set up a, a wayside stand the same way that um, Timberlake Mendo Lark had had wanted to. So, okay. So uh, yeah, disguise, I don't. Oh, go ahead, Crenshaw. Or... Oh, just that Theraval's disguised um, Mick is invisible. So if we leave this right. horse that we have found these two halfling uh, refugees on. Yeah, I'm just gonna say, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not too pleased with the treatment of being an actual horse here because you know I'm not, but I'll roll with it for the sake of the party. But just know that when I'm back in human form, you're gonna get a major cold treatment. Would, so a, got... would a brushing out help? <laughs> you know, maybe. As long as it, is a, as it is a hard bristled massage brush, I will accept nothing less. And the, the, this horse was of course delivered with a nudge and a wink because it's we all know play. that you are the queen of horses. Obviously. So, so yeah, we're just sort of riding off into the uh, proverbial sunset, as it were, while um, Crenshaw and Mick are in the interrogation room, so to speak. And is, is uh, let's see, Fence is, because he doesn't know Fence or, or Claren, correct? Correct. He doesn't yeah, know right. Fence or Claren. So, and honestly, my, my goal is to simply get him to uh, confess to all of his crimes very quickly. I, I will enjoy watching that. I would like to sneak into his place personally and I don't know, put him to sleep. Bad things happen. I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what, where the moment takes us. Let's, let's focus on the confession first and the murder second. Are we uh, getting the confession through the use of uh, magic, intimidation, uh, tricking slash deception? I would rather not resort to intimidation. I just plan to give him a very strong suggestion, a second level suggestion, <laughs> right? If you will. Good, good. That confession is good for the soul. Yeah, right. that sounds well, reasonable. Yeah, we've it, got an invisible guy who's got intimidation with his charisma and could do the suddenly appear and I, scare the BGs out of me. I wonder um, if I'm still wearing that ring that allows me to communicate with Crenshaw. Um, I'm, I'm wondering if I should be at the ready to be uh, summoned. I say that because um, I'm the uh, character now, I think, with the most hit points and the greatest uh, movement speed. So I can be there quickly and you know, bust in a door with, uh, with three attacks. Yeah, if Mick and I, uh, well, if Invisible Mick and Crenshaw are gonna go in first, I think it would be great if everybody were nearby in case there was, uh, in case they're screaming. Yeah, right. that's fair. I mean, being on a horse with the two disguised Theraval and um, 
fits, I think we can stay within close proximity. They can yeah. kind of stable me up, so to speak, and I can gallop over. Fantastic. Right. So you're, so, you're, you're approaching the gates at this moment and you see um, Bondi the guard and another Dwarven guardsman are standing there and they are no longer, um, in fact, instead of standing outside the gates the way they were when you both left in the morning and the way they had been the other day when you arrived, the gates are now closed and they're standing up on rampart, ramparts to either side of the gates. Um, and as you approach, um, you hear Bondi call out, who goes there? Bondi, Crenshaw Jones. I have returned. It, it's you, you, you survived the creature. We heard what happened. Hurry, man, open the gates. Excellent. These refugees ran into me on the road. They seem very nice. Are you sure? He, he like, halt. Are you sure they're refugees? We don't know what that cave beast actually looks like. Crenshaw looks at Theraval and the horse and um, Fence hopefully has come up with us, so we're all going in together. Crenshaw looks at them and looks at Bondi and says, I'm pretty sure they're not cave beasts. They're but very small for cave beasts. <laughs> well, thank God they found you. That thing has been monstros uh, monstrosity, although it probably wouldn't hurt them since they don't have any treasure. Okay, man, open the gates. And him and the other dwarf shamble down, push open the gates, and they are standing there. Um, the other guard is sort of grumbling a little bit, um, but Bondi seems very happy to see you and amazed. He's like, are you going, Are you, you should go to Gebs and tell him right away that you're alive. We were thinking of sending a search party out for you. Did you hear what happened? When I came back, everything was gone. Umber, Umber said that the um, disaster had struck and he barely escaped with his life. He was so worried. He couldn't believe that the thing had rolled in and oh, it sounded horrible. Um, in fact, the captain is out looking around right now for signs of the beast. There are a couple of patrols out. Not too many, though. We only sent two patrols out. Um, they're trying to see if they can hunt it down. They headed towards where you were, and then they cut to the, um, to the west. Did he? Is that what Umber said? Yeah, he, he talked right away to um, Captain, Captain Torin um, and said, you've got to go. And so the captain and his patrolmen went out and were trying to track the beast. Um, he had a sense that the beast had fled through the giant forest, um, and that's where he sent them. I was hopeful that my ravens could pick up something, but they got nothing. They were out there searching around, um, got no additional leads from my point of view. And his raven, you see there's actually like three ravens up on the rampart where he was, in addition to the one that he used to have on his arm. But they found nothing. That's unfortunate. And 
we're all very tired. Oh, 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 yes. Uh, so, go on through. I'm, I'm sure Gab will put you up for free at, at, for a night at the end. And you refugees, well, um, Gab will give you half price or can draw on the communal fund that oh, your, your poor deceased um, friend started up. Bondi, they kept me alive. I will take care of them. Let's go. And we're going to make our way through toward where the kind of tents are, because that's okay. where the refugees go. And very quickly, once we're out of sight of Bondi and his ravens, I'm actually going to keep an eye out up looking for ravens following us. This will okay. be hard at night. But yeah, so I've moved the, the tokens, the full group of you in a little bit. Do you want to stop where you are now, just on the outskirts of the circle? Or do you want to go a little bit further in? Give me a perception check also there, Crenshaw, on looking for, for the ravens. Sure thing. All right, my perception is not high. I think that's just an 18. An 18? No, that's a 20. Um, okay, yeah, you are glancing up and you do see Bondi sending another raven into flight, but it appears like it's heading out of the city. So he's got one, he had three ravens with him. And as you guys head back in, he is launching one and it's flying sort of up to the north of the city, but not not keeping tabs on you all. Okay. So I think that we should head straight to Umbers. I, I agree, but I, I want to check that this his surveying shop or operation was also his home. Like would we have like Known oh, that yeah. So, that. yeah, that, that's a great question. So when you were there last time, the front half of the building was like his office and the back half was his house. And, and actually, probably it was like the front third was the office and the back two thirds was the house. So like the entry, the parlor room, um, if you will, was was under the surveys surveyor's office and the back part was under Ashok's um, household. And yeah, because it seems like the only other piece we don't know is it sounded like from the gatekeeper, Umber still could be out theoretically, you know, trying to fight this quote unquote cave beast. Of course, we kind of know at this point he's bluffing, but as no, I think Umber bluffing. said that he, Umber came in and told everybody that the cave beast rolled through and killed everyone. And he barely escaped with his life. Well, and he, had, yeah, and Bondi had, the way he said it was, he wasn't like Crenshaw was back from the dead. He, your two friends had been killed. So Umber had reported that Mick and Theraval had been killed. He hadn't said anything. I don't know. Got it. So we're pretty confident that Umber's at home right now. Okay. Just, just wanted to make sure. Let's wake him up. 
Yeah. Well, and Bondi's instructions to you had been to go to Geb's guest and check in there. And it sounds like you all are not doing that. Absolutely not. Okay. We got a mission. Uh, I'd like to dismount the, uh, the horse or... Sorry, you can call me by my name. I'm right here, you know. <laughs> I didn't want to yeah, say you, you can't Clarence. speak, so nay, nay. That's me. Um, that makes yeah. a terrible horse sound. I don't think I know how to make horse sounds. Anyway, I can work on that. <laughs> um, yeah, so you all should have control of the tokens. And if you look down on the map, it's about two thirds of the way down in the center of the map. This building here, that is, um, I can go ahead and drop a label in, but that is Umber's Surveyors. If it's okay, I'd like to, I personally would vote that I'd like to sneak around the side. It's midnight. I don't, are there a lot of lights on or is, are most of these other neighboring stores kind of quiet, dark looking? Yeah, absolutely. So it's um, it's midnight and Geb's guest is still going. But this town, I mean, there's just been a bunch of refugees that have come in. There's a few people that are active around the merchant tents and the refugee tents that sort of circle the lake or the, the pond where the spring is. But the rest of the town is pretty damn dark. The only places that you saw lights on were Geb's guest, which, you know, both has the tavern in the end. And then also there was a light still burning in the, um, the temple to Frey and Freya. Okay. Um, Fitz will be sticking with Theraval, and then I don't know where Fence and Claren, and Claren, are you transforming back into Claren? Uh, I think at this point, yes, unless Saraval, you see a need to still have a horse available to you. No, okay. Yeah, I will transform back into my um, human form at this point. Um, and I think I will just kind of uh, hide and I'll, I'll be kind of on watch outside and can offer warning and transform again as needed. If we can put, I don't know if I can make things, uh, how do I do that? Make a, a circle. Digitation. How do I make a circle appear on the map? Oh, um, so if you go to the third tool down, which will have like draw a shape or draw freehand, you should then be able to draw on roll 20. Got it. All right. So if. And it, yeah. So if you go to the freehand tool, then you can draw yeah, all sorts of fun. There we go. If things. Claren and Fence, and we can talk about this as we're coming around the corner. If Claren and Fence can stop here under the eaves and Theraval can hide out here in the dark on this side of the door, then Mick and I can just go right in. Assuming that he lets us in when I start banging on the door to wake him up. That works. 
can, can I like hide and press myself like under a window or something and like listen in just to like try and hear where Humber is in the place too like when 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 that goes down um oh yeah so like where where inside the survey shop he is or where inside the the living quarters yeah so what what I'd like to do is like even possibly you know break in if anything goes bad or break out <laughs> like a break in if we need to or break um yeah anything like that yeah I try to sorry to interrupt I was just going to say I try to situate myself not too far from uh the front door rather than breaking in I have the telepathic communication with Crenshaw so I'm just waiting for a signal that I'm uh, needed and I will be there instantly. I've also, um, because of my dexterity, uh, I've got a plus seven on stealth, so I can um, also sneak and hide to the extent that that would be necessary in this dark and empty town. Excellent, and if you would like to move fence on the, the map to like any particular location, um, that might be helpful in case this gets dicier. And I'm really quickly, these squares that I'm putting on the map, um, the ones that are just purple, those are windows. The ones that are purple with a little yellow inside of them are doors. Okay, that sounds good. See, I'm gonna move slightly kind of, I'm gonna be on watch near the front door. I'm not gonna be right in front of it. I think where I've placed my character is good. Also, dicier. Sorry, it's a pun with dice. Just had to right. point it out. I, 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 everyone else might have had the same thought, but I wanted to vocalize it because I appreciated it as a, a subtle, maybe unintentional pun. Very good. Um, Crenshaw, are, were you moving to the front door then? Yeah. Okay. So the front door is more is over on this side where Mick is standing. Oh, okay. I thought the front door was there. So let's just change that up and move me over to the front door there. Let me just do that. Mick yeah. and I are over here by the door and everyone else is under the eaves around the corner. And as soon as everyone's in place, I just start banging on the door and calling for Umber. I can't quite see my character. So if one of um, you could move me over next to Claire and I want to be by the close to the front door so that I can help as necessary. Oh, here, I'll, I think I have to do that unless you're moving. There's, there is Vince. And um, Theraval, will you give me a perception check here since you're listening? Sure thing. So that's a 16. Do we modify? Oh, you're doing modifier. All right, so you hear Crenshaw start banging on the door. And Crenshaw, what are you saying again? Um, I'm saying, Umber, Umber, are you there? Did you survive too? <laughs> I have to know, man. Did it get you? <laughs> um, that's sneaky 
This is some good deceptioning. <laughs> You're you do that. There, there is silence. Um is it there Vol can't hear anything from inside? There is um there is silence inside. Um what do you do next? I'm gonna give it a moment. And then if I don't hear anything, I am gonna go around the side. I'm gonna go around to here because from here I am 30 feet from every corner of the house. And so from here, I cast detect thoughts and detect thoughts is only blocked by two feet of rock, two inches of any metal other than lead or a thin sheet of lead. And I'm pretty sure that this house is not made of two inches of metal. Okay, um, so you're doing that. And as you cast Detect Thoughts, um, Mick, you see Umber like open the door a crack and there are like three different chains on and he's peering out. He's like, who is it? Um, but Crenshaw, you had tech cast detect thoughts. Does he get a saving throw on that? He gets a wisdom save. And this use is just me determining the presence of brains within 30 feet of me. Ah, okay. Um, yes, yeah, so... You don't need, I, given what he rolled, you don't even have to tell me the DC of it. Um, it is certainly a failure. Um, so you detect his, you detect thoughts. Um, and in fact, Mick, you hear Umber saying, who is it with these like three different chain locks on the door as he's peering outside, who is it? Great, at that point I come back around now that I know he's not actively hiding from me. Um, okay. So you're coming back around. I He's am, I'm still concentrating on detect thoughts. So I'm getting his surface thoughts. Okay. And he's like, Mr. Crenshaw, Mr. Mr. Jones, you're, you're, you're alive. And he's, he actually starts undoing the locks and he's like, you'll have to come in. And he like looks and you get him looking over like toward Woodwall's hostel, like then glancing, like he's looking for something else that's behind you or out there. And so the description is surface thoughts for detect uh -huh. thoughts? Surface thoughts. So whatever he's worried about, I know where that. are they? Where are they? Oh shit, where are they? And so what uh, Crenshaw says is. So he doesn't, yeah, so you understand that wasn't what he was saying. The, the where are you are his, okay, awesome. 
uh, Crenshaw says, as he's unlocking the doors, I don't know how just the two of us survived, but I've been so worried about you. Come in, come in, come in. And he motions for you to come in. He steps like back behind the door. Um, it's hinged over here on the right-hand side. Okay. Follows. So Close behind Rachel. At this point, I'm going to do two things. Once we step inside, um, the wisdom save for detect thoughts only comes into play when I dig deeper. Okay. Um, and as soon as I dig deeper, the creature knows that I'm reading its mind. Ah, right. Whether it makes so, the saving throw or not. Right. So there are two things that I need to happen in rapid succession. Um, but first I need to get inside. So when he opens the door, I'm going to make sure that the door stays open long enough for Mick to get in. Okay, we're doing, so let's do a contest, dexterity contest, you and Umber, because as soon as you're coming through, he's got his foot on that door and he's closing it. That's um, the point where I trip and fall into the door. <laughs> and so that's, like, that's where I'm just gonna clumsily oh. fall into the door. Okay, and I'm trying to think if I even need to, so if you were stepping in and trying to drag your foot, it would be sort of a dexterity check. You're like planting face, for, like almost face first into the door, your full weight against it. Yes. Uh, um, okay, so no dexterity. Uh, let's roll. Give me a okay. dexterity check, yours against his. Um, and then we'll see how this plays out. Ooh. I also wonder whether. I was just going to say, I wonder whether charisma would come into play because this is also acting. I think this is really a physical contest right at the moment. I mean, this is, does Crenshaw get in the door? And I'm, since you're not dragging your foot or anything, um, I, well, we'll see. I, he rolled very well. What did you 13. get? Uh, 13. 15, sorry? 13. 13. 13 gets to, so he is quick on the door. Like you're starting to come in, you're ready to throw yourself against it. Um, he, like, as soon as you're like partway through, he starts to close it. You wedge like your left arm and body against it. So the door is still open, but Mick, there is not much space. Like you're right on the back of Crenshaw and the door is like up against half of Crenshaw. What do you want to do? Like, uh, do I need to do a dexterity saving throw to get in? Um, because I'm going to still try to try to squeeze in. I mean, you almost have to climb over Crenshaw <laughs> at this point in time to get well, in. Well, but but it seems like if he's laying there, I could pull that off. Um, Are you going to the the floor, Crenshaw? I mean, like literally falling face down. So my intention was to fall on the door and sort of into Umber's arms, like a man who has barely survived. I'm just so happy to see him. 
Oh, okay. So you are so happy to see him. And he is like trying to close the door. And he um, actually, he sort of strikes you with the door. So he's like, you could take a hit point of damage. Like you start to fall, it hits your side, but it catches your cheek. And he's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And so he grabs you under the arms and starts pulling you in. Mick, if you would like to seize this moment to run into the room, you can do so. But I do want a dexterity check sure. because there's Crenshaw's legs and everything. Uh -huh. So we've got to see invisible comedy where this might go. Okay, that's a 14 with a plus three dexterity. Okay, yeah, you're able to slide into the office and you're in sort of that northwest corner of the room. Umber is holding Crenshaw and he like drags you in and sets you down on like one of these nice like seating chairs. He has these two, you know, fairly plush seats um, in the room opposite of, of where his um, desk is. And he like sets you down. And as soon as he sets you down though, he runs back to the door and slams it shut and puts on not only the two locks, the chain, three chain locks, but also turns two other keys and drops them into a pouch do, do, around his neck. Do, do I hear any of this commotion going on? Yes, you do. You, um, you're, you're able to hear it. You didn't hear anything inside the house before, but once this craziness starts up front, Fence, Claren, and Theraval are all able to hear it. Okay, can I um, look through the window and then Misty step inside of the house? Um, <laughs> and open the window. Yes, absolutely. Is and it? I wonder if it's time for that yet. Like, are we waiting for a signal from Crenshaw, or are we just going in, all guns blazing? Crenshaw had said he wanted to. I would like to be stealthy here. So. Yeah, he wanted to investigate this and get the answers without without bloodshed or attacks, right? Yeah, um, I guess the question is whether you jeopardize the confessional mission if you sneak in. Well, so Theraval, um, you sneak in because you can't have this conversation with everyone. So Theraval, go into the room and you're in, I'm drawing a little bit of the, the inside area of the house here. Theraval, you enter this area in the southeast of the house is, is a kitchen, and you're able to misty step through that into the kitchen area. Okay, um, can I uh, stealthily, uh, like, and, and quietly, like, slink across or try and scope out the insides to see if there's a hallway or see where I know, like, I know Umber's in the front from the commotion. But I don't quite know the in interior layout of this. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'd like to get over to Umber, um, or at least like hide and, and be able to see him without him seeing me. Yeah. So let just yeah. as we're playing these rounds, what I'm trying to do is draw. So you move into the kitchen, which is that southwest area, and there is a door there that you see, um, like on the western wall of that. Would you like to go through that door? I would, or at least quietly, like, you know, prop the door open. Yeah, like, absolutely. And not all the way open, but like, you know, just squeeze my little elf body. Your squishy body? My squishy, roguish body. Okay, um, yeah, so go ahead and there is a hallway there. And this house may actually, on this 
this sort of outside map may not be fully drawn to scale, but there is a hallway there. Um, and it leads to, there's a back exit from there. So the back door, you could come in from there. And then it seems like there's more of a living room up sort of to the Northwest that you're able to glance into. It looks like a fairly. Is that what this horizontal line is? The living room? Like, is there a wall in between? Yeah, so there's a wall between the living room and the office, and there is a door over that direction. Uh, yes, I'd like to make it over to the door and like hide. And um, my, my plan is to kind of prepare to cast sleep on Umber as soon as I see him. What? But then we don't get the confession out. Get him sleep. Take but that's on. not the point. We're trying to solve a mystery too. All right. Well, but Theraval is off on his own. Um, Theraval, in the time that Umber has come out there, you've been able to move this way. Um, Crenshaw, you're in this front office room in a chair. Umber is sort of more behind his desk. And Mick, you would be over here. Uh, roll 20 is not cooperating. You're in the house, but in sort of... <laughs> the northwest corner of the house. Um, Fence or Claren, would you like to do anything? Uh, having spent all this time without a lot of uh, data other than the commotion at the front door, um, I'd like to uh, sneak over to one of the side windows and see if um, whichever one is farther away from uh, the street and uh, see if there's anything that I can see. Okay. I'm um, also, quick question though, um, in terms of my uh, telepathic connection to Crenshaw Jones, um, does he only have to uh, think what he'd like to communicate or does he have to speak it out loud? If he only needs to think it, then you know I might just expect an update from him. And if I only need to, but think I don't it, remember I will, the nature of the ring. Yeah, I'll, I'll give him one if I only need to think it. Um, yeah. So you, what you've been able to do with the rings in terms of connections have not been. You've had Crenshaw. You've been like you hear voices and you speak back to them. Um, so that's all, that's the way the ring has been working. So it requires speaking out loud to send messages. Um, Crenshaw has always right? used it that way. Um, obviously the spirits that were speaking to him before, they weren't speaking out loud because they were spirits. So. Okay. If, if Fence speaks to me in my mind, I'll try and speak back without speaking out loud. But I want to say two things first. One is that I took a point of damage. Yes. And I failed my concentration save. So I'm uh, not maintaining and, tech thoughts anymore. Okay. And um, and that's fine because I'm about to cast another concentration spell. Good, but I, I I appreciate the the honesty. So let's do let's do fence here really quickly. So fence, if you're looking on the map, I've got sort of two things that you're doing. One, you're trying to communicate with Crenshaw. 
Um, my question is, are you whispering to him the way you've always used the ring in the past? Or are you just trying to do it in your head? It doesn't matter. You could whisper softly. I'm just going to whisper softly because um, I'm uh, out deserted street, maybe under the, the eaves there. So I'm, I'm not so worried about uh, passersby because of how late it is. Yeah. So um, but, but I think that really my function is to wait until called upon. Um, uh, I don't know to what extent I know that that door is especially well bolted. Uh, I do know that I can, uh, with my monkish powers and my uh, open hand, uh, that I can do lots of damage to doors if, uh, if necessary. But it might make more sense for me to um, uh, break in a, a window if there's real trouble. Excellent. So but you no, to, I think. Do you want to go to the window that's by Umber's office or the kitchen window where Fitz is? And actually, you see Fitz with his little ice method hands trying to like raise it up because Theraval just went through with Misty Step and Fitz is like, ee, 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 and not having much luck, but his is the window that's further away from the action. So either one of those two windows, which one would you like to go to? I think I'm gonna to go to the office window because I have uh, dark vision. And so even if it's dark in the office, I may have a sense of what's going on in there. Awesome, yeah. So go ahead and move yourself down to that square over there. And Claren, what, what are you up to? I think I'm gonna play defense here and sort of stay on watch. Um, I'm wondering if I can roll a perception tech to see if I've heard any reactions to from the neighboring areas or people about all the commotion. That is, has anyone else heard the commotion happening at Umber's shop here? Uh -huh. Give me give me a perception check. Okay. That is a 14 plus 317. All right, 17. And you're looking around. Yeah, nothing, um, you know what, nothing over at Ged's Goods this round, okay. nothing, you know, you see a couple of lights on in the Woodwalls hostel, like up on the second floor of it, but they were on before, nothing over by the tents, the merchant tents around the springs, and then you can't really see at the two houses on, on the other side. Okay. Yeah, I'll stay where I am and just continue to kind of keep watch. Excellent. Oh, and Andy, um, you certainly could go over to that side of the house, but these are the windows. That's a window. That's the front window, or not the front window, but these are the two windows that would be into the office. So like at this square or that square over there. Um, I don't know if I'm seeing the square. Am I heading to the east side of the building then? Yeah, lot, yeah, so prob that would be one, or the other would be over there, if that makes sense. Either, oh, one, I see either that. one of those two right, windows yeah. are in the front of the house, or where the office is. This area, like back here and back here, is more the kitchen and then the living area. Awesome. Okay, yeah. so you're around and you move around and you're able to look inside and you now see Crenshaw sitting in one of these big plush chairs in front of Umber's desk. Umber is there 
um, sort of huffing and puffing and he's standing on the front side of the desk, like leaning back against the desk, um, looking at Crenshaw have, and you heard him like bolting the door pretty dramatically. Um, DJ okay. said Crenshaw was going to. So I, I have another question and it has to do with Umber's physical state. He has made a long trip by wagon and then robbed a bunch of people and then made a long trip back. And it's still midnight. Would you describe him as exhausted? Um, yeah, well, and he is definitely in his nightshirt. So he's got like one of these long, you know, nightshirt. He does have this... Um, pouch around his neck that he drops his two keys into. Um, and yeah, he certainly has bags under his eyes and, you know, looks so, tired, yeah. So when you say exhausted, do you think that would give him disadvantage on saving throws? Since the condition, since the exhausted condition. Oh yeah, I, 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 he, he is not at the point where exhaustion would you guys would be as tired as he would be at this point okay um so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna spend a meta magic point to subtle cast suggestion okay and i'm gonna skip all of this so he is gonna need to make a wisdom saving throw. Okay. Uh, that's in that one. Okay. Um, nice. Not that I know that, but then Crenshaw says, my friend, you seem distraught. I might even say terrified. I think it would do your soul good to confess all of your misdeeds and your accomplices to me and then to Bondi. And I cast suggestion. Okay, well, that's a nat one. So um, you see him. He leans back against the desk and goes, it would, it would make me feel so much. And he's like walking around, leaning on the desk, gets back to his chair behind it. So much better just to be able to tell you what Ged's been doing with these, these threats, these, this creature that's been attacking and how, how Ged has been taking advantage of it to get more of the property around here. It's, it's so dark and diabolical, but it's still, it's still the creature is out there and and I let your friends out there asleep to probably die from it. 
the same way that that little gnomish girl died from it. I just, and he like, like the tears are, I mean, there are like tears that are pooling and he, he takes his beard and actually wipes his face and his, his tears. She was the first one that I took out because of Ged's promises. And I know I left her for the beast and your friends, they both perished because of my faults. And Ged just told me we could take advantage of this situation. I'm so sorry. He, he sobs, he's like, I do feel better. I feel much better. You know what? You're absolutely right. Thank you, Mr. Jones. I am going right now to talk to Bondi. You know what I really appreciate, Mr. Jones, is that you told me to go to Bondi rather than Captain Some, because Some would have my head up on a, well, probably not on a stake. I would be in the jail, but I'm going to go to Bondi. And he's like, he actually starts undoing the, the door and it looks like he's heading out in his so shirt. So I'm going to, that's fine. I'm going to ask, because I did say confess your misdeeds and your accomplices. Um, I'm going to ask and I'll go and I'll say, Umber, I will go with you to keep you safe. Does Bondi already know about all this anyway? We do have to be safe. No, Bondi's too straight for this, but Ged and his boys do. And actually he closes the door when he says that. You're right, I do need to tell Bondi, but maybe, and he puts one chain back in, not, he puts the second one in quite tonight. Um, maybe it's better when it's light. Do you, you can't go back to Ged's. Where are you staying? You're right, it wouldn't be safe for me to go back to Ged's. I saw Bondi at the gate when I came in, though, so I know he's still on duty. If we go together now, I bet he can protect us both. Perhaps. Um, we could also stay here and the morning light takes care of things and then we could go to Bondi's house and then fewer people would see us. Bondi's not the only guard there. That's true. But there's nobody out right now. And Bondi was very concerned about my well-being. I think he'd be concerned about yours too. This is probably true. He seems a bit reluctant to do anything. Like he's twisting his fingers and 
chewing on his lip. His he's actually put a strand of his beard up into his mouth and is is chewing on it. Um, and so I'm going to go over and just very slowly start unlocking it and just say I I'm not sure if Ged knows that I'm back. I'm not sure that we're safe here. Bondi might be the safest person for us to talk to. We're, this house is locked beyond belief. I don't think Ged and his guys would do anything. They, are you sure there isn't already someone in the other room? What? Did you hear something? My senses are very keen. I think I heard some kind of noise. There are at least two people in this house who could make some kind of noise. <laughs> well, and yes, and both Nick and Theraval are are able to hear this conversation um fences probably also got a chance to hear it um you actually at this point in time hear a window opening and um theraval you hear in the kitchen god damn it theraval why did you leave me outside <laughs> i'm gonna telepathically tell fitz to shut up <laughs> <laughs> I'll shut up if you tell me where you are, dude. <laughs> um, I'm gonna telepathically take or like mentally like walk fits through like the steps, or like tell him this many steps, but be quiet. Um. All right. So Fitz has opened the door. Um. On pretty much Crenshaw, it almost like as if you had planned it you do hear a window you know that one of those old win windows like being slammed up and so there definitely is a noise from this half of the house and umber Ashucks certainly starts when he hears that window Shh, you think ged's boys are coming in here i don't know who he's contracted with do you think he's contracted with those goblins would he do that? There were a lot of goblins in the woods around. I saw goblin tracks. That's why I hid. You were smart to do so. Let's go. And he actually start. you had started to open the door. He opens the door and starts to head, um, up this direction, like towards Bondi. Um, I don't know if the rest of you want to move Crenshaw, if you want to be moving with him, but you know he is heading to the northwest of where his house house is, like beginning to make it. I, I I'd like to stay behind and kind of search the place. I, that was um, what I was. Yeah, I, I think Mick would be like Faraball. Find our stuff. <laughs> yeah, this is our chance. Yeah. So I'd like to look for, of course, our loot. 
Um, I, I'm looking for like papers and um, more of those vials of like sleep, like mm -hmm. or, or potions. Um, any kind of gold chest, um, that's going to be, we're going to pay that forward at some point. Um, but because Umber isn't, but yeah, I, I'd like to just look through the chests, any desk drawers. Um, we're also okay. looking for that long sword. Don't, aren't we missing a plus one long sword and a loot? Of course, our stuff. Okay, so let me, let's, let's do, I have um, Theraval searching the place and Theraval and Fitz are searching the place. I'll describe like what you're seeing here for a little bit as Umber and Crenshaw move up. Um, Claren and, Claren, you see Umber and Crenshaw head out of the house. Are you tailing them? What, where are you moving? as they move up to the Northwest, like towards the path that heads around the lake? Yeah, I'd like to tail them at a distance. Um, I do have the athlete feet so I can move relatively quickly, but I'd like, I'd, I wanna move unnoticed behind okay. them. Do you want to, if you're looking, do you wanna head like over behind the tent there? Yeah, Behind the tent the there, yeah. So whichever one of those move are, you know, you could hide behind the building over here, but wherever, you want to go, go ahead and you move yourself that way. Mick, are you searching through that front room? And, well, my goal was to do like a perception check while they were talking and, and see if we saw anything. But based on what I've heard here so far, I mean, I can't retroactively go back and do that. Based on what I've heard so far is, uh, I think that Geds is the best place to find that. So I am following the two of them. <laughs> Okay, so go ahead and move your, yourself out. Were okay. you, but let's just time-wise, because Mick would have had a chance to scope out the room while all of this was going on with um, Umber and Crenshaw. So let's let's do that really fast. You want to roll a perception check and tell me what you were looking for in the front room. In the front room, any sign of our, our things that we had and, uh, also trying to notice where he was looking uh, before Crenshaw started to interrogate. Okay. So let's see, perception check. I did that wrong. Uh, let me try this again. Okay, so 22. Wait. Um, Okay, so you were looking and actually sort of moving around the room um, while Crenshaw was talking with Umber, and you didn't see there's there there are um, two chests in the room, um, actually one under each window, one on the the eastern wall and one on the western wall, and both of the chests are locked. But what really caught your eye was actually paperwork on his desk. And there is like a ledger and it lists loot, nice longsword, and a number of other items. Um, and it looks like they're all under a column of on commission at Geds at GG's mm. is what it says. All right, I think I know where our stuff is. And have they have they moved on? Can I speak out loud to Thermal? And um, it, so at this point in time, 
Umber and Crenshaw have gone out. You looked around. My sense is that you were immediately tailing them, but if you want to... No, that's, that's good. Yeah, that, that, that I'm staying with Crenshaw and him knowing that we're probably going to uh, eventually be heading to Ged's goods to confront Ged. Um, so if also, you want to move your token then up to yeah. around Crenshaw and Umber, that would be great. Also, as they leave, I want to grab that ledger. You want to grab the? The ledger. The ledger. Okay. Yeah. Easy, easy to do. Um, fence. So you've, you've heard all of this commotion, I think, even as um, you were taking care of kids heading to bed. Um, what would right. you like to do? Remind me, uh, was the door uh, left open so that I can walk in the front door now? Umber would certainly have closed the door. Um, and you know what? He's careful enough. He, he closed it. He was hurrying. He closed it and he locked a single lock, not both locks. There right. are two key locks as well as the three chain locks. I think that, um, I mean, uh, I'd be glad to um, help with the, the searching indoors, but I, I would guess that uh, our rogue is probably best qualified to do that. So I'm happy to uh, stay in my uh, uh, position, maybe angling a little bit towards the front of the building. Uh, so that I can be a lookout of sorts. Excellent. Yeah, feel free to move wherever you would like behind the group. Like you've seen Claren run over to the corner of the building over here. You could run across. You could join Claren there, wherever you want to go to keep an eye out. Um, and so go yeah. ahead and move, move um, fence to where you want him to be at this point outside. Theraval, let's go ahead and do the, the inside search really quick. Okay, so um, yeah, so you're in a room. The room that you're in right now looks like a living room. Um, to the southwest of you is a room that actually looks like a library sitting room, and there's a set of spiral stairs there that goes up to the second floor. Um, do you want to search the living room, the library? Do you want to head upstairs? Do you want to open the door now that everyone has cleared out of the office and search search it. Yes, I, I would like to unlock the front door <laughs> with, with Mage Hand. Um, uh, okay. And uh, then proceed into into the li library and search it with uh, Fitz. Be like, Fitz, help me out over here. Okay, Fitz is like, I'll take some of these books out. Let's see. You know, you know what Saban loved to do is he loved to um, have fake books. They looked like books and there were things in it. And he's like taking stuff out and he's like, look, he's like, rah, 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 rah. Uh, Fitz is not too subtle with his searching. And um, with a seven, none of the books that he's throwing out happen to have like hidden compartments in them. So. But quite fits. But uh, if we're helping each other, could he? Wouldn't that be a roll with advantage? Um. Sure. Do you want to actually roll? Go ahead and roll with advantage. 
um, for for Saraval's own search there. Fitz is uh, a lucky feat here to do it again. <laughs> That's a 19 after one lucky point. With, with a little bit of luck, okay. So uh, yeah, sorry, that, that's a 19. Excellent. And you said you were, you're searching the library rather than looking at either of the two chests that are in, in the office. Oh, there's two chests in the office? You know that's gonna grab my attention. Um, yeah, they, they're, if you had gone into the, and you used Mage Hand, there were two chests that were both locked in the office. Um, Oh yeah, could we try and pick those? Um, sure, give me a um, an open locks check. So, is that uh, sleight of hand? Is that dexterity? Sorry. Yes. Oh, uh, which one? Sleight of hand or dexterity? Sleight of hand. That's a twenty-one. Okay. Nice. Um, and are you opening the one on the Eastern wall or the one on the Western wall? Uh, West first. Okay, West first. So there is a, um, there is a bag with actually 75 gold pieces in it. Um, Right. There is also another bag that has four gems in it. Um, your quick guess is each one is worth about 50 gold pieces. I'm just like pocketing these as I'm finding them. There is um, two other bags. Um, one of them has like some miscellaneous items that you recognize as mix. And another one has miscellaneous items that you recognize as yours. Not, not the big items, not the sword or the loot, um, but like small pocket change type of things, like the other odds and ends that were taken from you. I mean, I, I'm barely inspecting these. I'm just like put, shoving it all like in my pockets and stuff. Okay. Bags. Um, should we break into the east one now? Um, you hear Fitz, there's nothing in this library. I'm not finding anything. <laughs> tell I think I hear a noise upstairs. Uh-oh. And he comes like flying out of the library into, and you would have been over here searching this chat. He comes flying in. He's like, I heard something upstairs. And with that, we should go back to the rest of the group that is moving along the path to the north. And I'm gonna just take the main group, Umber, Crenshaw, and Nick, and move folks along the path, you know, a couple of rounds worth to the north. And Crenshaw and Fence, you can continue along that way. And I have to move a few tokens down to say hello to you. While these all say Ged Grayson on them, um, they are not all Ged. In fact, none of them are Ged, but these are four 
sort of tougher looking dwarves in leather armor that um, like step out when they, they come from, like two of them come from over this direction. Two of them are actually stepping out from the merchant tents over here. Um, and they're like, whoa, Umber, where are you going, old man? Where are you? And Umber's like, oh. Umber actually takes two steps back and is right next to Crenshaw. And he's like, I don't know that this was such a good idea. Crenshaw, Mick, how would you like to react? And Claren and Fence, you can feel free to move up and be, you are providing cover. So if you want to be behind any other buildings closer to the action, you can move yourselves on the map as well. Yeah, I moved myself up already. I'm going to stay hidden while witnessing this encounter. Oh, okay, gotcha. I, I see where you are now. And I'm doing the same thing uh, just yeah. behind and to the east. Okay. Mick, Mick is still invisible, but moving toward the closest uh, mean looking dwarf just in case some action happens. Awesome. Yeah. So if you want to move yourself, you know, 5, 10, 20 feet forward, you can certainly do that. Um, Crenshaw? Any response to to Umber's stepping back and oh oh you're muted you're muted most brilliant dialogue of the night uh, Crenshaw will step in front of Umber. and he will look at the, the four of them and he'll say, we're not talking our way out of this, are we? We just wanna know where um, old boy Umber is, um, is heading. He was supposed to be and you notice at this point, each one of them has a thing that looks sort of like a billy club um, and they're, you know, popping it, it down into, into their palms, you hear. We were just sort of wondering where Mr. Aw Shucks was, was going for the evening. There was an arrangement that he should stay home. Nope. Uh, Crenshaw is going to cast, yeah, um, Crenshaw is going to spend a sorcery point to twin, uh, yeah, I'm not going to mess around with them. Uh, I'm going to twin chaos bolt. And 
I am just going to hit the two that are right in front of me. And so Crenshaw will say, nope, not talking our way out of this. And he's going to just toss off a pair of chaos. Let's go ahead and do that. And then we will roll initiative. And I'll drop the initiative sheet into, into the chat so we can... Hang on, let me see. First, you get your your surprise twinned attack here. So let's see. That's actually 17 plus six. So the first one is is a lot. How much is the first one? 23. 20 to hit. So I'm I'm on the two to the left. Gotcha. That's a 23 and a 12. And that's on, that's two hit. That's uh, two, both of them. So I'm, I'm actually sending out two bolts. One to each of them. And yeah, that's two hit. All right, yeah. So the 23 is definitely a hit. Um, the 12 is not. All right, then I'm going to spend, uh, two, uh, to re-roll that. Okay. That's a 16. Um, yes, that's a hit. All right. So that's four sorcery points blown. And I'm going to do let's see, 2d8 plus 1d6 damage to each of them. And this dice roller in roll 20 doesn't let me roll combinations of dice as far as I can tell. Right, so just do do them separate and we can add. Okay. And so that is going to be on the first one. Um, 14 points of psychic damage. Okay, and this bolt is doing damage to both both of them are taking 14. Sure, they're actually separate bolts, so I could roll them separately if you want, but um, but because it's twinned, it could just be a clone. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. Let's do okay. the same 14, so 14 each of them with the first bolt and then 14 or whatever it is with the, with the second bolt after you roll it. And 14 doesn't kill them, by the way. Does not. Does not. Okay. Second one isn't even as good. It is six, seven, eight. Eight points. Right. Eight. Um, they are both still standing, but 
they look, they're like, Ooh, oh, um, let's roll initiative and then we'll see what happens. They certainly were not expecting that. Um, all right, let me open it. They are all sort of scattered along the initiative. All right, Fence, you have highest initiative. So you see your boy Crenshaw unleash um, double bolts of, it's not lightning, is it, DJ? No, it was psychic this time. So it was like a, a swirling purple energy. Yeah. So twin things from each of his hands, um, swirling purple energy at these two, and they look staggered but you also heard the rather nasty conversation from beforehand. So what would Fence like to do? Right, so um, Fence is gonna uh, run right up into the middle of all of this and uh, he's going to uh, strike with his spear and then use a, uh, a flurry of blows. And so, uh, and use a key point for that. So with his spear, he got um, uh, a 14 and he's got a plus seven. So that's a uh, 21. Okay. Are you running and striking the two that um, Crenshaw just hit or the two that are over on the right-hand side? My plan is to use the spear on um, one of the unwounded ones, and then to use my karate chops on the wounded ones. Okay, so you're gonna throw at one of the ones that's next to Mick and then move over to be doing flurry of blows on the, the, the one or two of the injured ones. Yeah, I'm gonna run right up and, and use my spear as a two-hand melee weapon with one of the unwounded ruffians. Okay. And for that, so I, yeah. Um, let's see. So then do you wanna move yourself up to where you would be stabbing him? Like if you're in that square or right next to Mick or where? Yeah. Can you see them on the map? So I am. So the, the one I'm, that I'm right next to. Awesome. Is he, he's unwounded, right? Yes, it's the two over on the left that are injured. So yeah, you've run up to this guy and stabbing. Right. And so I, I stabbed, I got a 14 plus seven is a 21. That's a hit. Great. And then uh, that's a, a D8. I got uh, a seven. And that's a plus five with my new dexterity score. So for that's for 12 points. Um, and a spear used two-handed, is that versatile? Yes. 
Okay. So I wasn't sure if a spear was, was versatile. I know some thin weapons are. Um, right. Next to spear on D&D Beyond, it says simple thrown versatile range. And it's D6 plus five with one hand or thrown and D8 plus five with two hands. Okay. So I did, um, <coughs> excuse me, 12 points of damage. Okay. Um, and then I'm going to use my first uh, unarmed strike. And I rolled uh, a three. Three plus seven is 10. Um, so are you doing unarmed strike on this guy? Or are you continuing to run? I'm going to, I'm now going to strike um, one of the guys that's already been wounded by a chaos bolt. Okay, so then if you're starting to run over there, this guy is going to use an opportunity attack to swing at you with his, with his billy glove as you, you move away from him. All right. And that is a 13. That misses. Okay, yeah. So then you can continue your movement over towards the other two. All right. And um, I come to, I'm going to um, stand right here and I'm going to try to, um, actually, I'm going to stand right here and I'm going to uh, punch the guy um, who is closest to me. And um, I rolled a, a, a three plus seven is a 10. No, not good enough. I didn't think so. And then I'm going to use um, my third uh, strike. And I got an 11 plus seven is an 18. That's a hit. Great. And so that does um, four plus five. Three plus five is eight hit points. Um, yeah. So would you like to describe um, a pretty vicious, deadly punch? Like he's at least on the ground, um, not moving and potentially dead from this blow. Right. So uh, that was just an elbow to the back of the head to uh, drop him. Okay. Thump. Yeah. And is. then, um, and then I think I have a little bit of movement left. I'm going to stand uh, between Crenshaw and uh, the other uh, dwarf ruffian who's not dead um, with the thinking that it'll be easier for him to strike me than to strike Crenshaw. Okay, excellent. And just so I have this right, do you wanna remove the, um, the dwarf that's been felled? Oh, um, do you see him, do you see the red X on him? Oh, I do. Yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, so I should you, zoom in. Thank elbow, you. Yeah, elbow down, and, and he has dropped face first with like a, a pool of blood coming out from where he's out of where his face probably is on the ground. Um, we're also probably going to wrap up 
quickly here because in my office space situation, um, I have a gymnast who's waking up early tomorrow morning and needs to go to training. And she was just like, hey, I need my space back. Um, so. Cliffhanger pause on the combat sequence, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and the next one is actually tough number one, who is still up since tough number two was already taken down. So I'm going to just put a yellow highlighter in here so that we remember where we're going. And then we'll go tough number one and Claren. So we will start in the middle of combat. And um, Nate, if you're gonna be away next time, we can, I, we can just play Mick as an NPC for the session that you're away. If that's okay with you guys, it's okay with me, yeah. I mean, we could also, I mean, it's a kind of a long wait, but if we are, we could skip, you know, cause you're gonna be gone for two weeks and just wait till you're back too. If you guys were game for doing that and we could do like back to back a makeup, I'd be game for doing that. But oh, cool. I don't want to. Okay, well, why don't we, um, why don't we um, see if that, that works by email? I'm happy okay. you're, you're out, let's see. So that are you're, you're gone the 7th and the 14th? That is correct, yes. I'll be and back then, on the 14th, so. Oh, and then, so you would be back. Yeah. yeah, you'd be back to play on, so we could play on the 21st and the 28th. That's correct, right, right. Sweet, I'm actually, I, that, that works for me. Yeah, that should work that works for, for me. I appreciate that. that, guys, that, that's awesome. And if something changes and it's easier to do it with, with make as an NPC, I'm, I'm totally okay with that too. Okay, DJ, are you good with the 21st and uh, the 28th? Yeah, I'm fine with that. Would that mean two weeks in a row or would it be those two weeks and then one and off? Or three weeks in a row, I mean. Yeah, what we would do is basically we would move our session from the 14th to the 21st. So we would, be, we would play on the 21st and the 28th and then be back to our regular every two weeks. That sounds great. Okay, awesome. Let's let's count on that. That's I, I'd rather have Nate playing Mick rather than us doing it as a, as an NPC. So that works perfect. Okay. Hey. Hey. Thank you very much. Have awesome. fun in Barcelona. That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. Is, what a great opportunity. Planned a long time, and it finally worked out. So we're we're happy about this. Oh. Yeah, I, I remember we were chatting and it sounded like right. that yeah. was not going to work. So I was very happy to hear that that it's, actually. Things things could change while we are in the air on the way there. But so oh, far, don't, don't, don't even say that. Hey, you guys I, 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 I really, have fun. You know, yeah. 